I think it is, you know, truly, can I, can I own what I would want to claim in being a son of God and carry that into the workplace? My wife is an Ebenezer in my life that has shown me what God can do. So it's easy for me to remember the waiting, but it's also easy for me to remember about coming out of the waiting. We are back. It's season two, episode two. Uh, last time we had Shane Wood on, what an absolute blast having him join us all the way from Goodyear, Goodyear, Arizona. Goodyear, Always a good Arizona. time out there in, in, in Phoenix and whatnot. But uh, Danny, good to see your face. How you doing, brother? You too, man. Doing well. That's good. That's good. You know, we, we, we sit here and it's just a solo, we call it solo, right? It's just me and you kind of chopping it up a little bit today. So as people listen, they're watching everything that's going on. Uh, we're just really excited to to be together and share a little bit what's on our heart coming right out of the clubhouse with what we're doing. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the season's kind of kicking back in when it comes to golf and, you know, they're out there at Riviera uh, this week. And as we know, the big cat's back. Tiger is back. What do you think? You love to see it. You love to see it. Yeah. He, he's looking good. I, I, I know the, the jury's split on the, the Sunday red. How, how are you feeling about it? You know what? When, when day one dropped, I was just like, maybe there was some disappointment. There was some, oh, it looked like Slazenger, all sorts of other stuff. But today, seeing it on him, on the course, that, that Tiger logo on the back pocket or even under the neck on his hoodie, um, I'm kind of digging it. I don't dig the shoes, no matter what I do. I don't like the shoes. Um, but I am probably going to end up with some kind of Sunday red attire at some point. Um, if I can save all of my money and cash out what it's going to cost to get a hoodie, I'm sure. But I don't know. I just feel like seeing it on him was like it felt different than just seeing it in a logo, uh, logo spread. So how, how was your feeling on it? You feel good? Or how, what's uh, I know there's a lot of take, especially with your marketing mind. Generally the same, generally the same. I, I think it was, uh, you know, I don't know, timing to, to push that stuff out there, how quickly they moved to get it in front of people, especially with him being back back in the field this week. But no, I think the the cardigan hoodie I saw him wearing on the, the reveal night was pretty solid. appreciated that. I, I agree with you. I don't know what the, what the price points are going to come out and how comparable they are to some other brands out there. Not sold on the shoes, but you know, I think because it feels ownable to him, it's not just the TW or a swoosh on everything. Um, it feels in line with, with where he's at right now, but I think people are going to gravitate towards it. And I think he's going to make it what it should be, whether you, you know, like the name, like the logo, whatever it might be. I think people are going to be willing to represent it. Yeah. I, I think you nail it because um, I think it's our friend Jordan kind of mentioned and he, he had a great Instagram reel about the idea that tiger loves it. So he put it out. And so oftentimes when it comes to people who are trying to develop brands, you know, you're hoping to get it right. But the biggest thing is having the endorsement and support of the people you create it for. And so there's a guy who definitely is behind it and supports it. And that's going to mean anything because not only, like you said, it's not just the TW, it's not just about Tiger because this is now a brand that can be, that you can put on someone else, right? For the future that Sunday Red can have other athletes on it. Sunday, Sunday Red can have his son on it. You know, all these different things can be happening. And um, I just know this, it'll be quality. Uh, it won't be cheap product. Uh, I don't believe the the dumb uh, X comments out there that say, um, you know, you'll see it in Marshalls in six months, like it's, you know, Jack Nicholas hoodies and things like that. But I I think that it's a, I mean, he was wearing cashmere today. 
I don't think that's going to be in Marshalls anytime soon, right? That's how so. it goes. But I don't think so. But I, Danny, if there's anything though, the guy's swinging his club again. I know it's not, you know, it's not 2001 Tiger, but no. you know, right off the front birdie. I'm I'm not mad at him. He followed up with a couple bogeys, but um, not a terrible round at, at all. He's probably still getting his footing. You know, he's not getting as many reps in uh, now, but obviously it's great for the game to have him back out there. I did see today an uncharacteristic uh, shank behind the trees, if you didn't catch that one, but the immediate shot following yeah, was Tiger-esque, just putting it right right back on the green, no problem whatsoever. Yeah, I saw a funny thing. Uh, Dan Rappaport from Barstool was interviewing him or asking a question afterwards, and he's, he's like, Tiger, I don't want to name what I saw today. And then Tiger just immediately said, you can call it a shank. It was. Which Tiger's now one of us. I just want to chant one of us, one <laughs> of us, because we've all hazled one right off to the right there easily. Um, Thankfully, honestly, only probably went of, as far uh, as two or, two my or drives, three other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they found it, and it's 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 yeah. I I don't think that it happens often. We don't really recognize it because TV and social media kind of take the line on things. But those sure. are abnormal in golf. Like people. People don't always hit it exactly perfect. You know, that's yeah. the kind of thing. So yeah. uh, pro, how you recover is going to be the key. You know, that's, that's what it's always about. You know, almost all of his shots are going to be on broadcast if they can help it, but there's plenty more out there. It, it, no one's sticking it, you know, 10 feet from the pin, every, every approach shot. That's for sure. That's right. Well, Patrick Cantlay was a little bit today, but that's fine. That's fine. He was after it. It was good. It was a good round. Uh, I don't think we should go further before. I mean, if anybody's viewing this on YouTube, not just listening to it on on Spotify or Apple or otherwise, but uh, if you're catching this right now, we, we've we've kind of upped the game here. Oh yeah, got a couple. Of, we got a Dave Bazden print from the President's Cup. Appreciate that. Uh, also in the studio here, you know we're rec- rep- repping it. Uh, you know, hail to the victors, guys. I know my guy Heath Kruger's out there. All the other Buckeyes just want to say what's up uh, from the from the national champion, uh, Michigan Wolverines, <laughs> shout out to all the people, but hate to see Jimbo go and head on over to the chargers. But you know, we're, we're making some moves out here, but yeah, we had to upgrade something, figure it out. But also in the studio, as anyone may not notice, both of us rocking brand new mics from our friend, Greg, appreciate his support and really helping us, uh, improve the sound, trying to make this a super quality thing. We've been, you know, a friend of ours, uh, one of our pastors at our church where Danny and I attend, um, when we were talking about launching this podcast, one of the first things he says is just hit record and get going. And so we did with some cheap $30, uh, Amazon mics, uh, you know, and they at times were good and at other times were like, Ugh. and so, um, we are, we are upgraded for sure. So yeah, literally for sure. MV7. Yes. So we're excited yes. to be in the studio. Crystal clear coming to you guys subtle, uh, and appreciate all the support out there. there from our community. No, no free yeah. ads, Ryan. No free ads. Uh, oh yeah, no, no free ads. Greg. Go ahead and get us. Yeah, hit me up. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but Danny, you know, we've sure. talked golf. Yeah, we've talked golf um, in terms of what's happening in the, in the, in the landscape right now, but uh, we just want to have an honest conversation tonight. Right. Um, you've, you brought up a great point to me the other day. And um, I think it's something that uh, I think is really important because I think a lot of people can resonate it. So why don't you kind of formulate a little bit what you and I were talking about the other day? Yeah. Yeah. We really started kind of riffing on it. It's timely, even with tiger um, and kind of his comeback from, from injury and getting back out there and, having to sift through a, a season of just waiting and trying to return to, to top form 
you know, for us in terms of, you know, ca- the casual amateur that just appreciates the game, we're definitely sitting in, I think, for most people around the country. Um, certainly, certainly the North is still getting hit by snow. Uh, luckily, we are not. But for the most part, people are still kind of in a season of waiting, getting ready to to return to some consistent swings, getting back out there and, and yeah. playing the game. And I think just through that mentality of, of us waiting to get back on the course as much as we can, if at all possible, uh, based on being in the seasonal life that we're in uh, with young kids. And I'm sure there's plenty of guys listening right now that always want to find time to play the game if and, if and when they can. Um, but with that, I think the correlation for us is, is life in general throws a lot of seasons of waiting at us. Um, whether we, you know, want to or not, I think it's kind of hard to, to sift through those seasons. Uh, but I think both of us and, and the hope to your point is that this resonates with a lot of people listening right now, just based on things they've either gone through in the past or maybe even things they're going through right now. Uh, so we just wanted to kind of lean into the fact that I think life just gives us seasons of waiting. And I think the, the response to that, I think is huge. Um, and so, yeah. you know, I think the, the Lord wants us to kind of lean on him in those seasons of waiting. Um, and there can certainly be a, an inner battle or a personal struggle with what that looks like. Um, and so for me, I mean, just to even to, to kick things off, I think for me in the past few years, what that has looked like for me personally, I would correlate it probably most to, to my career, uh, you know, outside of what we're trying to do with the restoration club, the, the day to day, um, being in the, the quote unquote marketing field. Uh, I, I would almost say it probably stemmed from some point during, during COVID. Um, I had been with the same company for, uh, by the time it was all said and done, I'll just throw it out there, uh, 11 and a half years. So somewhere I put a ton of time and investment, um, and, and certainly take away a lot of growth, uh, and a lot of experience and a lot of opportunity. But I think at some point within the last couple of years, I had thought, you know, has my time kind of run its course here? And, and what does that next step look like? Where is God kind of leading me? Um, to the flip side of feeling like, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be going somewhere else. I'm supposed to be taking that next step and, and looking for something different. Um, and that, that really kind of became a season of waiting of just wanting immediate response, immediate clarity, uh, and, and leaning into exactly what that's supposed to be. And it didn't happen, uh, on my own timeline. And I think there were a lot of opportunities that may have come and gone where I thought, oh, this, this clearly is the thing. And for whatever reason, it wasn't. Um, and I think in those seasons, I'm sure this resonates with certain people. It would be easy to kind of just jump into the next thing that's posed to you. Uh, but I think that forced me to, to kind of spend more time with God and, and kind of wrestling with, is this what you want? Is this exactly what you have? Because I think if I look back at my last 11 and a half years and where I was going thereafter, it's so easy for your identity to be wrapped up in title, what you do for work, how people view you in that place. Um, and I think that'll, if I'm being transparent, probably will always be a, a s- struggle on on some type of scale. Um, but I think it allowed me to take a step back and realize that my identity doesn't rest in uh, what I do for work. I think it is, you know, truly, can I, can I own what I would want to claim in being a son of God and carry that into the workplace? 
and allow that yeah. to be my identity. Um, and so go ahead. Danny, I was just wondering, because you're talking about in that waiting and you're talking about 11 and a half years. And in that, um, you know, if it's, if we're talking during COVID, we're talking roughly three years ago or for almost even four years ago. So you're in year seven or eight. Um, what was that actually looking like for you to, to recognize as a waiting season, like daily for you, wanting to move into something you feel was more passion or, or whatever? What did that, what did that really feel like during that, during that time? I think it was the, the struggle of, I want to still do my best work. I still want to, to show up every day um, and lead people and put the best product out there for, for the expectation of where I was. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want there ever to be a perceived ex, uh, assumption of, oh, he's, you know, one foot out the door, one foot here. And, and that's not who I am. That's not how I wanted to operate. Um, but with that being said, I think it was a mentality of why am I still here? Um, right. Because my, my mentality was I'm, I'm supposed to be elsewhere. Uh, so I always wanted to, to figure out what that balance was. And that wasn't always easy. And, you know, full circle, not how I would have written it uh, almost a, a year uh, now. Uh, was included in a company restructure, uh, was essentially let go. And again, you're, you're faced immediately with not how I would have written it. Uh, what does this say about my identity? Well, you know, I, I was planning on taking the next step into something immediately and then forced into a situation where it was, how do I tap the network? How do I have as many conversations as possible? Uh, where, where is my next thing? Because now my hand is essentially forced to a certain degree. Hmm. And I think Ryan, the, the two months following that taking place, I luckily had a chance to to take a step back and feel like a weight was kind of lifted and totally leaned on the Lord in my relationship with him and had never felt closer. I would say in the past few years, uh, because it was, again, a total dependence on if something's going to happen, it's because of him. And if I can draw closer to him and spend more time with him, what I'm really looking for, uh, he's going to yield the answer to that. Yeah. And so was there, was there, Danny, was there ever any, did you ever have any bitterness in the waiting? I know some people, when they wait for things, they start to get frustrated or they go, God, where are you? And all those types of, did you ever have any of that like bitterness? If you're talking about some scenarios of driving in my car and literally yelling, what is going on? And God, where are you? Yeah, that, that, that certainly was something that, that happened. Um, yeah. Because again, you want that immediate, I'm, I'm asking you for something. I want you to do it this way. Uh, I believe you, you know, want good things for me. And even the Bible says, if you ask for uh, a fish, is he going to give you a snake? No. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not who he is. That's not the, the father we believe him to be. But I think there's also a process that plays out in the waiting of he's not afraid of your fears. He's not afraid of you wrestling with him uh, and putting you in the, the position that he wants you to be in if you're willing to wait. Uh, yeah. And so that, that kind of took me through the process of how many people can I talk to? What is that next thing? Even feeling like a couple of those things were supposed to be the next thing but not having a total piece about it 
And I think that only comes because of my leaning into him. And because I felt like those things weren't the right thing, he, by his grace, granted me the ability to start my own company, uh, which by no means is any more easy uh, than where I was. But I think it is now the continuous walking out of, of if it's going to work, it's going to be because of him. And I'm fully aware of that. And I'm just thankful and filled with gratitude that he's continued to sustain me even to this point. So I think it just makes me excited about seeing him show up and not me solely relying on, I'm going to make this thing happen. Um, I'm not. Danny, there's a, there's a beautiful part where you, you were like, in that delay, we'll call it the delay, right? Because it wasn't like he was denying your future or the things. It was just de- in this delay, we have to recognize that it's not a denial. Because here you are, these months later, with your own thing, with Oak Stump Strategies. And as it's happening, and you're actually making those things happen, it's, uh, to quote the Philadelphia 76ers, although it hasn't worked out perfectly, trust the process, right? It's one of those things where God is teaching us that faithfulness piece even through our questions, even through our doubts, even through those things that he's not turning from us like a good father wouldn't, you know, that type of thing that he, that he loves us enough to care for us. And you and I were having this really great conversation the other night around this and forgive me, I not, I'm lacking to quote the exact scripture, but Jesus is essentially saying, be like these children, do not hinder them, you know, don't get in their way. And that's that saying, those children have a bunch of questions and they just want to come up and be with Jesus. And it's kind of like that same thing, Danny, you get to, Jesus is inviting you. God's inviting you into that moment to say, what are you doing? What's going on? I, I, I need to know you're still here. And for a lot of people listening to this, right, they've been at those critical breaking points where like, I don't hear God talking. I don't feel God's presence because all of the circumstances around them are eating them up. And I've been there too. I totally get it. And it, but it's a, your story already, even in the, the good news of you already picking up clients and making moves and doing those types of things and working your network and working the process the way you know, has already started to show that God was like, I, I love you. I appreciate you. You're worthy. Your, your worth is not in your title or your company. Right, your worth is in me, is what he's saying, and I think that's beautiful. Just seeing how, seeing how it's even playing out now. That every day you have to walk out and go, I have to trust you because this is now. It's not. There's no boss carrying it for me. I'm the boss, and like, and I'm also the janitor, and I'm also every employee, (laughs) and I'm also all of this. So you're making these things happen. So number one, I'm proud of you uh, for working through the battle of having to stick it out and work and figure out and be delayed and not denied. Um, and two, now you're really doing a good thing, man. You're like, you're, you're, I feel like you're fulfilling your dream. Tell me, am I right? Like you're kind of in your spot where you want to be. I am. No, I really am. And and I'm still learning a ton daily, uh, through that process and, and growing into that and interactions with other people and, and trying to find opportunity for other people and, and bring value to the table. Um, but no, I, I think there's probably a lot of people listening to this too, that always wonder, could I do that? Uh, there's not yeah. security wrapped up in that. And I've constantly thought about what would it look like to do something on my own? So the fact that I'm just yeah. kind of taking those daily steps, uh, and, and if I'm being honest, probably in my previous role or other roles and in, in, in other seasons of life, it has been, Hey, I'm going to strive for this and try to make this happen. Will you bless this <laughs> and, yeah. and just kind of yeah. do your thing. 
Whereas now it's please run before me and, and show me that you're working um, so that I can just run after whatever that is, as opposed to just wanting you to kind of be a part of, of what I want to make happen. So I think that's that's probably the best perspective that I could have and um, in, in wanting to see things continue. Yeah. What's the hymn slash worship song? Uh, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. You know, it's that same thing where we're clinging on to, I need you, God. And that's one of the spots where not only do we recognize our need for God and his impact and input and, and movement in our life, but it's such a safer place to be, <laughs> you know, than just out on our own, living on that ledge alone. We've got the greatest, um, it's not even a parachute, you know what I mean? Because there's no, there's no danger in being with him. Uh, there's no, there's no hurt by being with him. Uh, in fact, it's, it's the biggest place to heal. It's the biggest place to walk. It's the biggest place to feel, uh, in all of it, because you mentioned earlier, the idea that, um, you know, our society, especially for men says your worth is in what you do. Cause literally Danny, every time we've been around, I feel like any man what's within two minutes what's the first thing they ask you. Oh, Hey, what do you do for a living? And it's like, well, does it matter? You know what I mean? Like I remember, gosh, it's been, I'm, I'm in year three now of, uh, being a stay at home dad. Um, although I still have a career working in nonprofit and assisting in that side, I'm learning finally after three years to say, when people say, Hey, so what do you do? I go, I'm a stay at home dad. And then I watch guys, their jaws drop, like either in envy or are you crazy? One of, <laughs> one of those two things, but it's something for that our family needed. It was one of the hardest things because I had to walk away from titles and position and all those things. But the Lord had been so faithful in that because like, you want to talk about a waiting period. It was like, first of all, I'm going to take everything, everything you leaned on and move it away from you. And you were, you were going to actually be what you need to be for these children. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm doing because I thought it was a wait to go on to something bigger and greater. But instead, it's like this investment in a now four-year-old and a two-year-old and telling these young boys that are someday going to be men what it means to be a man of God. That's that's what I'm trying to raise. And so I get the idea of like in that in that weight, um, in that thing that our culture says your worth is in is in what you do. The truth is you recognize it immediately. Your worth is in him. And I, that's beautiful, man. How How did you... How'd you keep that in the forefront on a regular basis? I think it was just daily saying I've, I've got to spend time with him if some of this stuff is going to happen. Um, and before I even move on or, or lean into your story a bit more, I, I wanted to affirm you. I think it's crazy that you even brought up that, that hymn or that piece of that hymn, because aside from asking God, where are you in the car on some days? That was what yeah. I was saying or singing over myself uh, in the car. That, that's that specific phrasing. So uh, I'll just affirm you in that. that that's pretty amazing. But, well, uh, we need to almost pause and tell people out there, Danny and I did not talk about this part prior to that. So the Lord is moving right now to even tell us. And someone else, I guarantee that someone out there just heard that and said, I needed to hear every hour I need thee. You know, yep. and it was such a beautiful uh, reminder. So that's, man, that's awesome, man. That's cool. Way to be, way to be open to the spirit on that. That's cool. For sure. For sure. Um, Love it. But no, man, I, I think it's just constantly, like I said, drawing closer to him. Uh, if you yeah. think that you can do it without being in the word, hand raised, yeah. uh, trying to do yeah. that daily, but it's certainly not 
not uh, always the case and, and wanting to do it without yeah. kind of checking the box. But I think that's where mm-hmm. we're going to glean the most from him. I mean, the, the Bible says that, yeah. that he is the word. Uh, and so I think yeah. it's making that time to, to do that. But uh, it's, a, it's a choice, right? He gives us that choice. Uh, and it's, you already touched on it somewhat. He's not, he's not pulling himself away. He's always sitting right there. Um, I was on yeah. a text thread recently where I think it really resonated with some people and, and it was in something I read recently where when we make the decision to not spend time with him or, or lean into what he wants to do in our lives, he's not disappointed in us. He's disappointed for us because mm. there's just so much more that he wants to do. And, and it's our choice yeah. to say yes or not. Yeah, that's that's good because I think. I know I need to hear things like that because so oftentimes I may fail or I may not hit the perfect mark like I want to. And I will live in the the part like, oh man, almost like I'm a failure. And the idea is like, no, you're not a failure. You just like, you failed. And it's the same, the juxtaposition of that is that, that God, like you said, is looking at us like, not that, oh, I'm mad at you or upset that you did X, Y, and Z. I'm just, I feel for you because you could have had something much better. And I think that's, that literally seems to be like God's MO since the beginning. Like we would something would, he'd give us something, we'd screw it up onto the next one. He, it's like the rescue plan had to keep being rewritten every single time until we hit Jesus. And then boom, there it is. And even in that dark day when Jesus was crucified and that moment, Three days later, when he when he's resurrected, it's like this this time where we recognize that he is doing that not only in 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 what he did with his son, but also he's doing that in our own lives. Right? Things are sometimes have to be crucified and sometimes have to be buried, and that new life can be risen again. So it's a really powerful thing for us to recognize that we're a part of that process. Um, that we're not Definitely. just leaving God out there. Because I love that you said, "Man, we." We really do have to get in the, the word. We really do have to, we need to read. And sometimes I think driven people are looking for playbooks, right? We're looking for what's the three, two, one that we can pull out of this. How do we go from A to Z? What's the formula, all that stuff. But in this it is just about getting the, um, not to sound hooky, but the essence, right? The essence of who God is. So then you start walking in the way that Jesus did. You start walking in in the spirit in the way that he wants you to go. And you start recognizing like, oh, God has shown love, compassion, and care all throughout time. Maybe when I'm in dealings with clients, family, friends, community at large, the guy driving next to me down the road who cuts me off, maybe I need to start extending that same kind of love and compassion to them because it's been given to me, that same kind of walk. And all of that is like learned in the waiting. Right, we're in those times of quiet, in those times of uh, reflection that we have to kind of just be still, and then God can kind of have have some things move for us in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was. It's funny you bring that up. I even was reading today in Matthew where it was talking about how Jesus spoke in parables, and in some of those moments, he kind of pulled the disciples away, and even these guys that he chose and that lived with him every day they would kind of come next to him after he delivered these speeches and say, Hey, what did, what did that mean exactly? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we can't feel bad about asking him questions and and asking him to reveal things to us because he wants to, but uh, there's some things we're not going to understand. I think that's where that, that faith element comes in. 
Yeah. And Danny, if there's a way, I, I think that if there, if men hear us right now or anyone listening hears us, there is a way to read the scriptures that really help. And that's in coordination with other people. It's being able to have freedom to bounce things off of. Um, you take that time, read it yourself, and then start talking. Surround yourself with good people who understand it themselves and will be willing to say, I don't have it all, but I'm willing to walk through it with you. I'm willing to pray and ask God to ask all the questions together. Because I think oftentimes when you're left by yourself, you're only left with whatever you know. And God has given us each other, right? He He didn't just create Adam and get rolling. He like even gave him a helpmate, brought someone and said, it's, it is not good that you are alone. And so to be able to walk through scripture together, to be able to walk through life together in general is such a powerful move. It's almost, I mean, it's, it's why Restoration Club exists, right? It is not about a bunch of solo rounds of golf. It's about how do you guys have meetups? How do we connect? How do we do life together at events? How do we stay in the discourse? All those things that we do and we try to connect to, it's really just about the togetherness and not being alone as we walk. Because when I think about our Discord prayer channel, is like full of devastation. It's full of praise. It's full of question. It's full of where are you's and oh man, you showed up. It's really powerful. And so that's exactly what we're kind of doing out in this thing. And so whether it's been through long periods of waiting or whether it's been through momentary lapses of judgment or whether it's been in devastation or in joy, um, it the the fact of the matter is that God walks with us in all of it. Every single time. That's, I'm down with that. <laughs> I, I am I am all for that. And us being able to do that together, chopping up scripture, praying together, walking together is huge. Because already over this past week, just words that you and I have shared with one another, I've shared with other people. And it's it's impacted them. So that's hmm. the power of, of the together because we get to share those things. No, I completely agree with you. And, and I was going to say to anybody listening, don't hear what we're not saying. I think the fact <laughs> that in the Discord, channels we have people willing to come who you know i think there's a natural unfortunate perspective that you want to look like you have it all together certainly us as guys uh especially maybe even in our our faith journeys and we've got guys popping in there saying hey i don't know about all this i haven't been around this i've made mistakes before but i'm intrigued and i'm interested and we love that we love that guys are willing to to get in there and just kind of lay it on the table who they are and where they're at um, I think that's amazing. And that's, that's exactly who we're looking for. Yeah, that's, it was Paul said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. And so for that recognition of who we really are to understand that we are all just people desperately in need of God. You know, I, I saw a video recently. The question was, why do you deserve to go to heaven? These were all Christians they were talking to. And so people were like, well, you know, I, I accepted Jesus and I, I go to church all the time and I, I like to sing songs to him and I, I help my neighbors and all these things. And finally, a guy stops at the end and goes, honestly, I don't deserve to go to heaven. But thankfully, thankfully, there's a God who loves me enough to create a way for me. And I was, I was really struck by that because, yeah, like shout out to grace and mercy, <laughs> you know, that, that God provides that for us so we can recognize that it's not all together. And years ago, I heard a guy say, it was probably, yeah, I wish I could remember exactly who it was, but he said, you know, like it's, it's okay to not be okay. And oftentimes it is hard for men to hear that because we are told to button it up, keep everything inside and keep it moving. It's, 
Good morning, buddy. How you doing, Jones? Great doing, Smith. All right, man. Keep it going and wanting to go in your office. Ball your eyes out because your wife, your marriage is falling apart. Your kids are hating you. Uh, your boss is all over everything that you're doing. Even in your golf game, you're lifting your head and shanking balls off everywhere. You've messed up morally. You've done this. You've done that. It's all cl- collapsing around you. But yet, in the midst of all of that, it's, oh, but God which is my new favorite song, by the way. Oh, but God. <laughs> and he shows up and, and kind of offers that rescue plan continually. That's the beauty of this, this thing that we're doing together. I think some of those elements were hit on by our, our guy, Heath, uh, in the episode that you did with him. And so if anybody hasn't listened to that, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it that, yeah, we're going to make mistakes, but we can't be, yeah. uh, we can't be identified by that. And we need to keep, we need to keep moving, but we need to keep moving together and we need to realize what yeah. we're surrendering to. Yeah. How, how did you walk in your, in your waiting? Like, did you involve people in that or did you spend more time in solitude? How did, how did you go about doing that? I think I definitely spent more time in solitude. Uh, (laughs) I'll say it's coming back a bit now, but in the, gosh, I want to say five or six months through the process, uh, I actually dropped 20 pounds because I, Hmm. uh, was running that much more. And using that as an outlet to just spend time with him and get away in the solitude. Uh, You know this, I'm a extroverted introvert. I love being around people and networking with people and and doing this and and chopping it up with people. But I got to also retreat and recharge. Uh, And so I used that time to to be with him. But I also I had to reach out to people to let them know where I was and kind of what I was going through and the conversations I was having. I don't think I could have otherwise. Um, And it was people that I wanted to lean into enough because I knew that they were going to point me back to Jesus at the end of the day. Um, and so I think that's huge too. And I think that's, I mean, I think it's a great segue. You know, that's really what I've kind of waded through in terms of waiting in this current season. I'm sure <laughs> there's going to be other things coming up. I'm going to have to wait on too, but is there something specific that, that kind of is top of mind for you in terms of waiting, whether it's been recent or just something that, that you remember? Well, I'm getting re- I'm I'm currently getting ready to start my 50th year, right? My birthday comes up in April. Shout out to all the April babies, April 1st, April Fool babies. Um but when I hit 50, I realized it's half a century and there's been a lot of stuff happening. I've been a been a believer since I was 19 years old, so I'm now sitting in like year 30. It's pretty crazy to think about. Um and all man, I felt like a lot of the waiting periods in my life were self-inflicted. <laughs> you know, it, it could have been some self-sabotage happening in life that I kind of, I let people down, let myself down, let my God down. Um, and they would always be times where I was the one who did something that kind of set, it seemed like everything off course and, and ruined things at that time. Um, and it seemed to be a lifelong thing that happened until, gosh, I would say I was probably... So I was probably 44, so maybe six or seven years ago. I uh, just really got to ch- uh, like really dig down to some rooted, tr- like I say trauma, nothing bad necessarily happened to me, but I learned that my, when, when I was 10 years old, my, when my parents made the announcement they were divorcing, um, I believed it was my fault. And because I thought it was my fault, I did two things. I tried to do as good as I could because I needed to prove that I I wasn't bad and, and ruined everything. And number two, I self-sabotage to show that I was worthless, I felt. 
because I had both of those emotions happen. Now, rewind, my parents didn't tell me it was my fault. I just internalized all of that because I'm 10 and I didn't have the skill set or the tools to to not know that. So let that transform, you know, let that move along that that wounded 10-year-old makes all these decisions over the next 30 years and it's like, "Oh man, like I would never let a 10-year-old drive my car, but I was letting a 10-year-old make a lot of my decisions." And whether it led me through divorce or whether it led me to broken friendships or whether it led me um to just feeling worthless. Um, it wasn't until I identified that wounded 10 year old and I was able to help him heal that I remember a, an experience I went through with some friends and got to go to a weekend event called the crucible project that I got to wrestle with that 10 year old. And not only did I get a chance to, you know, have that 10 year old talk to me, but I got to talk to the 10 year old. It was, it it was almost, and it wasn't some crazy Eastern mystic kind of weird thing, but it was like, God was in that space with me showing me where it needed to be healed. And that was a waiting period in my life because my marriage had just fallen apart. Life wasn't going anywhere. I didn't know what was happening. I felt stuck. And my friend who recommended I go to the weekend said, if you want to get unstuck, go to this. And he wouldn't tell me what it was about. He just said, show up. And so I did. Flew to North Zulch, North Zilch, Zulch. I don't know where it is. Somewhere in Texas near Sam Houston State University. It was crazy. I went out in the middle of nowhere and there I was, but it was it broke every wall down for me. And what I then did is even though that weekend was great and I really revealed some things, I didn't let that weekend just stay there. I carried it with me. I carried the change of the thing I learned. Let me, let me engage therapy. Let me start praying. Let me start involving people in my life. Let me not walk alone. Um, solitude was always terrible for me because when I, other than just being quiet in those moments with God, which I, that is the, the solitude that I seek, when I start doing everything alone, that tells me I'm trying to disengage from people and there's something I need to identify that's in my life. So I'm learning and I have learned well that. So that was a healing process that was a, a waiting game because I kept, I was waiting over and over again. <laughs> I kept waiting over and over again saying, where are you? And um, so I think there's a, there's a lot to unpack in all of that, but it was something that really revealed to me that when I, when I came out of essentially the understanding of where my first traumas were and recognized that, that God literally healed that boy. And that meant that not only was that, that 10 year old healed, but now fast forward that 44, 43, however old I was, man was healed. Like that's, that's powerful, man. And that's real. That's not, that's not cliche. That's not made up story. That is just really how it is. And I've been walking in that ever since. And Danny, you talk about, I said tr- about trust in the process. I came back and thought everything was going to go back together. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I'm gonna get, oh, we're, let's patch this marriage up. It's going to be cool. We're going to make it. Nope. All that I remember at this moment was I remember being at the bank, splitting bank accounts. And my ex-wife gave me a hug and said, I can't love you like you deserve. I could tell she was hurting when she said that. She said, I can't love you like you deserve. And for the first time in my life, I said something that I was, I truly believed. And I said, I know. Because for the first time in my life, I believed I was worth loving. <laughs> I wasn't about self-sabotaging. I wasn't about thinking I was worthless. For the first time in my life, I felt worthy. I felt loved. And I felt I deserved it. And it was all because God Again, it wasn't about my positions. It wasn't about my jobs. It was about me identifying that I am worth it because he loves me. And that really showed me then that coming out of that then, so God heals all those pieces. And then 
introduces me to the most amazing woman and my wife now. And here we are two, with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And that's crazy because I mentioned I was all, I'm almost 50. That's wild to do. And stay-at-home dad now and all these pieces that are coming together. But they're really a piece of me that really show – like my life is a testament to who God is in multiple ways. And those boys are like a Ebenezer. Every single day I get to look at them and say, this is, this is what he has done. My wife is an Ebenezer in my life that has shown me what God can do. So it's easy for me to remember the waiting, but it's also easy for me to remember about coming out of the waiting. And so this, let that be an encouragement to anyone else out there that, that there is joy in the morning. It does come. I promise you, you just have to hold out and Complete cyber, just because I'm thinking about it. Maybe it's just, maybe it's God telling me. This weekend, my 19-year-old daughter was baptized. And it was such a beautiful moment because it's something I've prayed for for 19 years. I've been waiting for my daughter to be a part of this. And here she was, sitting there at this beautiful service, fully submitting her life to God. And then in a moment, got to get out of the tub. And her best friend steps in the water. And she gets to baptize her best friend. Like, I'm like... Praise God, it's an amazing thing happening. And all of that was like, everybody, I promise you, your waiting is not too long. It's waiting. And it just, I, it's not, just remember, it's just, it's just delay. It's not denial. <laughs> it is that God has got something better for you on the other side. And that's what I have to remember every single day. It's beautiful. I love that, man. Thank you for your willingness yeah. to share that. It's amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure there are people listening right now where it feels like it's been maybe a couple weeks. It's been a few years. It's been yeah. 30 years, uh, but he can still show up whenever he wants to. I was curious to know if you yeah. can even pinpoint or if you're willing to say, was there something you feel like you were able to tell that 10-year-old self that you're still able to tell yourself now? And yeah. and were there specific things that you feel like God had shared with you then that you still carry with you now too? Yeah, it's funny you say that. Like th this hasn't left me. Um, and you have to picture this grown man walking up to a ten year old who looks just like him because <laughs> he remembers what he looks like. And I said to him, and the same thing in my mind I said then is what I still tell myself now when things like feel like they're going crazy. It's going to be okay. Like it's a basic statement. But I am saying that not because I just am trying to put a Band-Aid on it and say, let's move on. But I'm saying it's going to be okay because healing is available, because love is available, because God is available. And that is the key to this whole thing is that it's not just me in this by myself. It is a fully submitted, devoted life. Um, this is not religion. This is not uh, prosperity. This is a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a living creator who cares for us. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how to t say it any other way to people. And it's something that is a complete life change, not something I was ever brainwashed in. I didn't go to church as a kid. I didn't learn all these things. This is just the fact that I have encountered something and it is powerful. And I think that anybody who has a chance to walk with Jesus knows exactly what I'm talking about. And the cool news is that invitations open to everybody. <laughs> right? And so that 10-year-old gets healed, which then heals the 40-year-old, which then now, because I'm telling the story, I'm feeling that someone out there may be in the midst, beginning, or finally experience the same healing of, of whatever it is that they need uh, to begin the process on. So it's it's exciting.
Yeah, man. Love that. Uh, oh, man. I know this is not our typical format, but we felt like it was important <laughs> because the, the reality is, is we want to continue to use the game to usher men into, as we always say, a relationship with Jesus. And there's so much more yeah. happening in life. So many other things we didn't even touch on because it's our, our own story, right? Yeah. And so everybody has their own. And so it's just important to us to, to be real enough to, to talk about what's happening, even outside of us enjoying the game and building community in the game. Yeah. So my hope, and I will echo you, is that somebody listening to this realizes there is, is freedom and healing and love available um, in, in the creator that created us. So uh, thank That's you, man. Good. No, I appreciate that, Danny. And, and let me give some end words here as well. We were talking about, we essentially started this conversation talking about the the off season and the waiting and right. The, the grass gets brown and can't get out there because it's too cold. So you just have to kind of wait in your house and you're kind of swinging a club around, you're putting on a carpet, whatever it is you're trying to do to stay active. Um, but that, but then all of a sudden the temperature kicks up. All of a sudden you're like, oh, I can wear these sleeves. This is, bear- this is bearable. This is tolerable. And then sooner or later, everything is green again. The birds are chirping. You're out there at 8.30 in the morning. You're going to be done by lunch. It's going to be an amazing time. That is what there is in this walk. There is this, you may be in a wait. You may be in a, a holding pattern currently. But I promise you, that sun is about to peak over. The sun is going to boom through. It's going to start melting everything away. And everything is about to come to life. It happens. You just have to be willing to surrender yourself to it. And that, and not just once, but like on a regular basis, like you said, Danny, whether it's going for a ride and shouting to the skies, whether it's you getting on your face right now and putting your, your hands up in the air saying, I surrender. Um, whatever it is, is that you've got to recognize that, that 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 sunshine has a chance to really get out here. That light is trying to uh, let the round continue and begin, begin and continue. So it's exciting for anybody out here that's listening that we know uh, that there are seasons. Um, and the best thing about seasons are seasons change. They, there is ups and there is down. Uh, it's no different than a round of golf. <laughs> Tiger Woods, again, started with a birdie and followed up with two bogeys. That's life. And that's what we kind of walk with and realize in this game, uh, not just the game of golf, but the game of life, that we are really understanding that there will be ups, there will be downs, but there is one constant. And that is, as we've said many times, uh, a loving God who cares for us so much that he gave us his son. And it's it's all an amazing journey. It's uh, it's It's so real. I love it. Well, man, with that being said, I think that's also uh, hopefully a not call to action, but an ask that for anybody listening, if if my story resonates with you, if Ryan's story resonates with you, I'm sure there's so many others in between. We would love to hear your story. We would love to to get a, a round in with you, play the game with you. Uh, but just as much, we would love to hear your story. And I think we have an appetite and a desire to, to tell those stories. So uh, yeah. my hope is that we hear some responses from people willing and wanting to to either just talk through where they're at with us or, or have seen things on the other side and have kind of waited through some of these seasons of waiting and we can help tell their story too. So uh, exactly. that is season two, episode two. I appreciate you guys. Uh, as always, check us out on Instagram, restoration underscore club. Check out the website, restorationclub.co. Please jump in the Discord, as Ryan said, 
a lot of prayer requests, praise reports going on in there, and guys just getting together. Uh, we're looking forward to the next meetup. Hopefully, you guys are hosting yours in your area. But until next time, Ryan, keep swinging. Keep swinging. Oh, 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 oh